Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those notes. Let me just talk to you for a few minutes about this phrase. When we talk about Vision Sunday and what God's called us to do, I titled today's message, This is How We Change the World. Because I want to give us a clear strategy of what God has called us to do as a church when it comes to changing the world. And many times, and the older an organization gets, the older a church gets, many times they experience what's called vision drift. Vision drift is something that's very normal. It's basically when a company or, or an organization or, or even a person loses their, their ultimate purpose, tries to do things that are kind of out of the box. And uh, maybe, for instance, it reminds me of when I worked at McDonald's. McDonald's added this thing um, called a filet of fish I don't know if you remember these things. Uh, they're, they're just, they're like, I remember sitting there, and every time someone would order one, I'd go to the window and go, who orders these things right here? You're at, the, you're at the burger restaurant. Why are you ordering this? And it, 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 it's a, if it's a vision drift, it's like make burgers, McDonald's. That's what you're called to do. Uh, I remember uh, Frito-Lay um, had this experience also in 2005. While Cheetos, their most popular snack, was, was ro- just thriving for six decades. They thought, okay, we can take it to the next level. And they made Cheetos-flavored lip balm. And they thought this would catch on. And for some reason, it didn't. Why? It's just not what you're called to do. Come on, just stick with chips, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to do that. And then I remember Google, one of the greatest companies, biggest companies in the world. They ended up making these things a few years ago. Maybe you remember them called the Google Glass. Come on, you remember these things right there? I remember one person gave me one and they're like, oh, you just wear it around town and it'll show you different things. And you can even like search up people while you're staring at them. I'm like, you are a creep. Like, this is weird. And it's the same thing with the church. The church... As we, as we continue, we can get all off, off center, off focus on what God has called us to do. And today's message is just, just an idea. Even, even as we're entering into an Easter season, even as we're going into this thing, I want to put us focused on what has Jesus called us to do? Who are we called to be? Y'all know, y'all know our mission. Our mission is that we exist to move people towards Christ, community, and their calling. I want, to, I want us to stay focused on what God has called us to do. And to do that, I want to look in Luke chapter 10. It won't be long, but I want you to see how Jesus really highlighted what's most important. And if you're trying to figure out what's most important with your life, what's most important when it comes to the church, let me tell you, Jesus highlighted it. He says on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus and said, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Let me just pause there and say, this guy was asking the right question. Because central to Christianity is the truth that there is an eternity that's real. And I want you to hear this at all of our campuses. Heaven and hell are realities. They're realities. And the reality is that one day we will all go to one of those two places. And, and if that's the case, and if that's the reality, then you should be most concerned with what are you doing now to affect what's happening there. Because this, is, this life is but a, a mist, a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. And he's saying, what do I need to do to do eternity well? What do I need to do now? And Jesus replies, he says, two things. He took the entire Old Testament. Now, if you're in our Bible reading plan, you know some of that can be a little painful right now. We're going through it. We're in numbers right now, and you're seeing all this stuff. And you're going, man, there's so many rules, so many regulations. Thank God we're out of Leviticus. Come on, somebody. And, and you got you just in this world, you're going, man, there are so many things to do. And Jesus took all of that and summarized it up into this, these two things. You want your life to count for eternity. Here's the two things you should be focused on. He says, you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. Let me tell you, the greatest thing you're going to do with your life is to love God passionately. This thing is not about some religion. It's not about some ritual. 
It's not about some church attendance or how you give. It's about a true, passionate love for God. Our life is created for worship for him alone, for his glory, for his honor. And we need to make it about that. We got to put the priority on him. This is, let me tell you, let me just remind you, it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about our, our, our glory. It's about his glory. It's not about our fulfillment. It's about his purposes being fulfilled in this earth. So, so we, got to, we got to put it back on him. But he says, but then the church so much gets that at times. And we know we, we make it about God. It's not about us. But he says on the other side, he says, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Both are equally important. They're two pedals to the same bike right there. Well, let, me, let me just summarize it this way. This is Christianity in a nutshell. Ready? He says, you know God and you make him known to the rest of the world. That's it. You know God and you make him known. You, you, you connect with him and then you help other people connect with him. Let me tell you, you move towards Christ's community and calling, and then you're helping other people move towards Christ's community and calling. Here's, here's it is. Two, two words can summarize your entire life. This is what your life should be summed up with. Ready? Worship and witness. Wow. Worship and witness. That, that should be your life. My life is about worshiping God. But don't just make it about that, because I see those church circles out there, and everything's worship, 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 while the world is dying and going to hell around them. But then we got to be about witness too. But don't make it only about witness where people are out serving, 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 helping the poor, helping the poor, and they don't ever make anything about worship and connecting with God. It's both. It's worship, witness. So the questions you always got to be asking yourself is who do you worship? Because everybody's giving their worship to something. And then here's the other question. Ready? It's not in your notes. I know there's none of this in there. Y'all are like, where's this at? And then, and then who are you called to witness to? Both of those are just as important. So, so I'm just going to take the last few minutes I have with you I talk about that second one because I feel like a lot of this first part of the year and even the revivals we see happening are so much of that worship and that connection with God. But let me realign us to the fact that there is a lost and dying world that needs a radiant church to be a radiant church in its community to say, we're not gonna just make this about us four no more, but we're gonna reach some lost people for Jesus. So the question is, is who do we witness to? Who do we witness to? And that's what they ask. They ask Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Who is, who is the person? that I'm supposed to witness to. Just go, do I go on a street corner, just start yelling at everybody? Like, what do I do? Yeah, I think there's a better strategy. God gave me this, gave me this strategy years ago. I presented it to our church multiple times, so let me give it to you. And it's a strategy that I live by. He says, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him, and he went on away, leaving him half dead. By the way, this is a description of the world today. You think they have it all together? You think because Instagram shows them how they look so good, they don't look great. They, they, might, they might put on a facade, the world's hurting and broken right now. Things are not as it should be right now in the world today. I mean, you think of the wars and, and the, the famines and the earthquakes and the disasters and the disease and the viruses and, and the, the, the issues that are happening and the corruption in government. Things are not as it should be. Right now, our staff is on a fitness challenge and so I've been trying to eat healthier. And you realize every time you eat a salad, you go, this is not as it should be. Because, come on, how many know, like, a, a cookie's always tasting better than salad. And there's always that person that's just like, well, you haven't eaten the right kind of salad. I'm like, you're weird. You're lying to yourself. <laughs> it's broken. Our world is broken. And let me tell you, the world is broken. Your friends who don't know Jesus are broken. I want you to understand this. And there's this weird idea, and I want you to get this. There's this weird misconception that as a Christian, you're going to live in such a way that you're no longer going to have the issues that the world has. And you know that's not true. 
You know that's not true. But let me just tell you, despite the issues in our world today, as Christians, we have something they don't have. We have hope. They don't have hope. Let me tell you, we're all still robbed. We're all still beat up. We're all still messed up. But we have the hope that Jesus has given us. I wrote it down this way. Christians don't have less problems. We just have the ultimate solution. We don't have less trials. We just had the power to sustain us through the trials. We don't avoid dark moments. We just have his light to guide us through them. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful for what he gives us? The Bible gives a solution to this man who was broken down, beat up, which is such a description of the Tampa Bay area. He says a, pr- a priest happened to be going down the same road. Let me just tell you, I think that's not true right there. He didn't happen to be going down there. We think it's just, it was just, it's a coincidence. There's no coincidence with God. God ordained that priest to be right there at that right moment. Let me tell you, if you're in the midst of a place that feels broken and dirty and you're like, my workplace is screwed up and my family's screwed up and my friends are screwed up, you don't happen to be in the midst of it. God puts you in the midst of it for a purpose. God knew that it needed a solution and a solution looked like you. You're carrying Jesus into it. So the priest happened to be going down the same road. He saw the man and he passed by on the other side. So too, the Bible says, the Levite was going down to the same place came down to the place and saw him. And what did he do? He passed by on the other side. Both the priest and a Levite. A priest and a Levite. You have the, 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 the priest who was the worker of the temple. He was the person that was in there that was, that was making sacrifices unto the Lord for the people, the leader. This would be your pastor kind of person. Then you have your Levite. Your Levites were, were the people that were ordained. There's a group of people who would work the kingdom and, and do what God's called them to do. You, have, you would have, I put it this way, you have the pastor and you have the dream team. And, and they're not, by the way, the Bible didn't say they were sinning. They're not sitting there living in such a way like, man, I'm going to disobey God. Let me just say it this way. You can be busy and you can be doing the wrong thing. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive in the kingdom of God. I know a lot of people that are busy, but they're not fruitful. And that's what these guys are doing. They were busy in their life, but they weren't fruitful doing what God called them to do. They were so focused on a big opportunity, they missed a little one right next to them, right on the road. And that's how we get in our life. We're looking for this grand moment of promotion and you're walking by the broken person on the side of the road and God's saying, here's your person. Your cousin is that person. That teenager in your home is that person. That person in your workplace is your person. No, don't look for some grand opportunity. See what God's putting you around right now. But then the Bible says a Samaritan comes along. I love the Samaritan. The Samaritan is the, the middle of the road, the outcast, the overlooked one the one that nobody expected. I don't know about you. I'm glad God uses the underdogs. I'm glad, I'm glad God doesn't look at our pedigree to see if that we have a future. I'm glad he doesn't look at who our dad is to see if we have destiny in our life. I'm glad that he doesn't look at our past to see, you know what, are they, are they qualified enough? I'm glad that if he puts his hand on us and if he chooses us and if we say yes, he can use us to do the impossible. Can I hear a better amen today, church? He, he can use us for that. So, so what did the Samaritan do? The Samaritan looked, and the Bible says, and he took pity on him. You want to change the world? Here's the first thing. Ready? Choose to be compassionate when it's easier to be calloused. It's easier. I don't know about you. We just get calloused in our world today. We, we get these feelings, and I hear it in the church world. They're never going to change. It's never going to be different. Things are never going to turn around. No, we are people of faith. We are people of hope. Let me tell you, you just get callous. I remember years ago, I would get callous. Um, every time some person, some homeless person would ask me for money. Man, 
You know, just, hey, can you, can you spare a dollar? Oh, no, they're going to they're gonna use it to go drink somewhere. I just know it. I just know it. Until one time I was in line trying to pay for my, for something in line run time, and then I realized I didn't have my wallet. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This person's like, hey, do you need some money? I was like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I was that way towards other people. I'm glad they didn't look at me going, I bet if I give him a dollar, he's going to go and drink some alcohol or whatever. Hey, callous. Don't we get hurt? We get angry. We start judging everybody. Instead of, instead of being hope-filled, we get cynical about the world that's in around us. We do this. And this is why it's important. Whenever you feel your heart just kind of getting callous towards people, callous towards the church, callous towards serving, you start to pray. That's why we pray first. Here's what happens when you pray. Write it on your notes. Prayer, deposit. When you pray, God deposits his passions in your life. Here's a, here's a prayer that we grew up praying, and it's a life-changing prayer. It's not in your notes, but maybe it's a good one for you to write down. It's, prayer, it's pray, God, break my heart with the things that break your heart. God, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is that thing that's just breaking your heart that I can, I can feel it and I can care? You, you, every, even the most difficult people in your life, pray for them. That's so why when I meet with people and, and they're, they're fighting with each other, arguing with each other, I'm like, hey, we're going to take a moment. We're going to have each other pray for each other. I don't want to pray for them. God is very sneaky. That's why he tells us to pray for our enemies. You know why? Not because it's going to change your enemies. It's because it's going to change you. God knows what he's doing. So we pray, we pray. God, why? Because we always want to start with compassion. He went on, the Bible says, and it says like this, he went into him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey. Think about that sacrifice. It's going to hurt me. It's going to be difficult for me. And he brought him to an end to take care of him. Here's number two, ready? Choose to contribute when it's easier to consume. We live in a world of consumer Christianity. What's in it for me? What can I get out of it? And I'm telling you, you want to change the world, you got to learn that, man, life is about what can you contribute? What can you, what can you get? We, I, I love it. Listen, let me tell you, I'm all about worship. I'm all about, I'm a worship guy. But I'm telling you, this whole, this witness side has gripped my heart yet again. Because I'm telling you, we only have a certain amount of time to contribute. All the rest of eternity, we're going to be worshiping. We're going to consume, consume, consume anywhere in eternity. We have a little bit of time to lay it all on the field. A little bit of time to say we lived our life to count for an eternity. And, and he, you can't just feel bad for it. Let me tell you, that's why we're not going to show you some sappy videos and like, man, the guilt you into it. If you guilt your way into it, you'll get out of it real quick. That's why those videos, you know, the, 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 what Sarah McLaughlin, you know, it's in the arms. It shows the poor dogs. They're all beat up. They could adopt these dogs. You all feel sad for them. You don't want to change the channel. You're all like crying, but you're not adopting the dog. Well, uh, David, David Livingston says it this way, because sympathy is no substitute for action. So you, you feel bad, but you got to do something about it. Can I just give you my two cents? Isn't it funny they don't ever have those about cats? Can I just talk to you about it for just... You know why? Because the abused one in the relationship is not the cat. It's the owner of the cat. Can I hear a better amen today? So just two cents of that. Okay, now, now vision, you can't have vision Sunday without talking about the cat. That's funny right there. Here, here's, here's the fact, ready? We're almost done, ready? Do what you can do. You can't do anything, everything, but you can do what you can do. And then let God do what only he can do. It's shocking to me that God doesn't do our part, but he'll do his part once you do your part. He, he does. He, he will do his part. So what do we do? Here's my challenge for you. This is my challenge, ready? Let your compassion, whatever God puts in your heart, drive you to action. Let it drive you to action. 
What is the action God's driving us towards? I want to I be known if someone's praying faithfully. Praying faithfully. Prayer is the most powerful thing you're going to do right here on this earth. That's why, that's why when it comes to the witness side, I, every month I have a prayer list of people that I'm believing for their salvation. And I'm praying for them. I'm going to pray faithfully. I'm going to be praying faithfully for this church. I love the text messages and the Instagram DMs that I get from you guys all the time. Hey, just woke up this morning praying for you and Katie. Why? Because prayer, prayer is what's going to build this thing. Prayer is what's going to see the lives change. We're going to pray faithfully. If you're not praying for your church regularly, pray regularly for your church. Pray regularly. Here's the second one. Serve regularly. Let me tell you, make your life about contribution instead of just about consuming. No, 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 there's seasons. There's seasons. You don't even feel guilty about that. But let me tell you, you should be, done, you should be on some kind of team serving for the purpose of making a difference for eternity. And if you're not on a dream team, jump on the dream team today. You could do it right now. You can jump, if you've never gone through step two, you can go to step two today in all of our campuses. They'll, they'll help you get on a team. They'll help you get connected. But you don't even have to do that if you want to jump on a team. Just jump right on, on a team on our, on our website. But serve regularly. Make your life known for serving. Number three, give generously. Give generously. What we've been able to see here at Radiant Church is a miracle. Last year alone, despite the financial mess our nation is in, our church saw another 25% growth just in our finances of our church. And it shows us, I think we have the most radically generous church in America. And it shows me because you have a group of people who are sitting there going, I'm not here just to consume. I'm here to contribute to be a part of the kingdom of God. And that's how we're able to buy and and pay off those buildings. It cost about $4 million. We put another about $2 million into it for renovations, doing all of it in cash. We're going to stay debt-free. We're going to have money saved up for future locations. We're giving millions away to missions and outreach. We're, we're going to do it for the kingdom of God. But it's, it's, it's not one or two people. It's the kingdom of God. It's, it's the body of Christ, everybody doing their part. So maybe you've taken a step back from that. Step back in. Step back in. Give generously. And number four, the last one is invite intentionally. Intentionally. Invite intentionally. Pray for people that God can put on your heart. Just send them that text and say, you know what? I want you to join me. I want you to sit with me. Just a couple weeks from now, we're going to dive into a brand new series um, on on the miracles of Jesus for Easter. It's a great season. We're going to talk through some of the top miracles throughout the scriptures and how God can do it in their life. And then we'll go right into Easter and then right into just some big events that are happening in our church. And I'm telling you, it's a great season to invite. Get people, be praying for them. Be praying for who the Lord would put on your heart. I always make that list. Remember years ago, I made a list. I can't give you the full story because he goes to our church and I don't want to give all of his details away. But there was a guy that was on that list. I started working out with him. And it, far from God. I mean, he, he would tell you, atheist. Nothing to do with God. Met him at the gym. Started praying for him. God gave me a compassion for this guy. Just hurt. Young, good looking, stud. I'd still beat him in some of the workouts. But just just went to talk to him about the Lord and he just, he'd reject, reject, not that I don't want anything to do with that. I want to, don't talk about that. Let's just work out. Let's just work out. I kept, I'd show up to different things just to make sure that I got opportunities to, to meet with him and connect with him. Finally, one Saturday, I said, dude, come with me. I'm preaching tomorrow at the church. You've never come, come. So it's a crazy incidents. I can't give the whole story because I don't want to take away their stuff. But anyway, anyway, long story short, meets this girl, this girl, uh, you know, says, man, we probably shouldn't be dating. I'm a Christian. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, where do you go to church? She's like, oh, I just moved back, but I've only visited one place. It's a kind of a theater in South Tampa, and I was sitting in some overflow room. He's like, is that Radiant Church? She's like, yeah, I think that's the name. 
He's like, I'm friends with a pastor. He just texted me and told me to come to church today. They ended up coming to church and anyway, did their wedding. I'm about to dedicate their, they just had their first baby. They're at church every single Sunday. And you, you never know the power of one invite. I'm telling you, God loves people so much. He puts Samaritans in the midst of their robbed life. And we just got to get our eyes off ourselves. We can't be the priest and the Levite, just run into the next assignment. And slow down enough to say, maybe God's got me here. And here's the fact, I haven't reached my whole gym. There's just a few of them that God's given me that passion for. So I'm going to do what I can do and let God do what he can do. The Bible says the, the next part, and then we'll close with this. The next, the next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper and said, look after him. And he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you have. You want to change the world? Here's what you do. You choose to be compassionate when it's easier to be calloused. You choose to contribute when it's easier to consume. And here's the third thing. Ready? You choose to commit even when it's costly. This man, he, he took out his own money. He took out his own, it, it was his own thing. He said, I'm going to make it cost me something. And that's the life I want to live. I wanna, that's the life I want to I give. I want to lay it all out. Lord, man, it's going to be costly. But here's the fact. The fact is we give up too quick. We, 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 we cash out too early. And my challenge for us on Vision Sunday is, is recommit. Recommit to the Lord to say, yes, whatever God you want for my life. Recommit to your church to saying, yes, God, I'm going to plant myself in the house of God and I know I'm going to prosper. Recommit yourself to living a life that's going to cost you something because we're going to be able to celebrate it all throughout eternity. Jesus closed it out and says, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of the robbers? And of course, they said, the expert in law said, of course, it's the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus gives this challenge. And here's the closing challenge. Radiant Church, so go and do likewise. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. And Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. What are you challenging us with, God? What are you telling us to do? Lord, maybe we've taken a, a, a back seat to what you've called us to do. And I just say, yes, God, we commit again again. That's you just right there in, your, in this room, right near wherever campus you're at. Just recommit to him. Say, God, I recommit to serving, to giving, to being a part of what you're doing here in the local church. Lord, let me commit to getting my eyes off of myself and onto the, the broken, beaten up people in the world today. That I can be your hands and feet too. I can't reach everybody, but I can reach somebody. Use my life for your glory. Last group that's here today, it's the group that you're the man on the side of the road. You're broken down, you're beaten up. You don't have any hope. And God sent us right to you. You, you came right in this service by divine appointment because God cares so much about you. He wants you healthy and whole. And the solution is that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. And he died on that cross for your sins and for mine. So now he's reaching out his hand and saying, hey, you're broken down. I have a plan and a future for you. But you've got to commit and say yes to him. If that's you today. You say, Aaron, I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God, but I want to recommit my life to him or I want to commit my life to him for the first time. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. And I believe God will meet you right there in that seat. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just throw that hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many people right here in this room. Thank you at all of our campuses. Let me pray for you. Our location pastors are going to take right back over. But let me pray for you. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. But don't just say it with your mouth. 
believe it in your heart that Jesus is saving you at this moment. And watch how he'll do something fresh as you commit to him. Say this prayer out loud, everybody. Come on, say, dear Jesus. Come on, say loud, dear Jesus. Today, I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. Forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for being raised from the dead. I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's give it up for those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.